Hello and welcome to another episode of the Product Coalition podcast. Uh, I'm really excited to be joined today in another Sydney-based uh, series episode with Ben Wirtz. Welcome, Ben. Thank you very much. Great to have Pleasure you here. here. Looking forward to this one. It's going to be good. Um, first of all, I want to give a shout out to BrainMates as the location sponsor for this podcast series that I'm running up in Sydney here. BrainMates is a product management training and consulting team based in Australia, New Zealand and Denver, USA. Find out more about the Brain da- BrainMates three-day course for product folks on the 9th of December in Denver at brainmates.com.au. If you've just discovered the Product Coalition, welcome. Uh, we're a global product management community that started out as a publication at productcoalition.com. Product Coalition also has a Slack community of over 5,000 product managers and you can join that for free if you head over to productcoalition.com. If you'd like to watch this podcast, me and Ben, uh, you can do so by jumping on YouTube and searching for Product Coalition and giving us a follow there. And it's 100% supported and funded by the community. So if you'd like to support the podcast, the publication, the Slack community, uh, you can buy me a coffee at buymeacoffee.com slash productco. Welcome, Ben. Thank you very much. Great to have you. Thank you. Uh, It's a pleasure to be here. I'm really looking forward to this session. The topic for for us today is um, hiring PMs and avoiding mishires. Mm-hmm. Before we jump into that, though, Ben, um, with all of the guests in the Sydney, Sydney series, been opening with a bit of a pub quiz style Sydney-based questions. Let's go. So, um, some people born and bred in Sydney have struggled. Others, immigrants, have done really well. Can I can I ask how, how long has Sydney been your home? Uh, for about five years now. Right. Yeah, okay. I settled right in. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Well, let's uh, let's let's get going. There's just a couple of uh, questions here. So, how many millions of pas- passengers each year does the Sydney ferry system carry? Ferry system. Um, all right. Well, is this an estimation exercise and an interview question? So to in the nearest case? ten passengers. <laughs> right. Okay. Sure. Um, or million. That'll also do. Okay, well, um, I guess you could argue we've got, uh, uh, we've got, what do we have? How many, like 10, 10 ferries, um, like 10 ferry routes or something. Um, and, uh, right. and most of them are about the same size. Uh, I reckon they carry about the same amount of passengers except for the manly ferries. Um, and I reckon that's about, let's just take an average of 50. They go every half an hour for about uh, 12 hours a day or something like that. From six, no, that's not quite right. From six to six, six to nine. Let's make it fifteen hours. Um, so, uh, what is that? That's fifteen times uh, times two times uh, times fifty. Fifteen. Uh, yeah. Well, we should have a calculator here. Um, One hundred fifty. Uh, is that about seven thousand five hundred people? Yep. And then the manly ferries that carry about, I want to say, two hundred people. So no wait 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 they have the counter of a thousand, of a thousand and they go every half an hour and they're not always full. <laughs> um, let's just say they carry four hundred people per trip. They go every half an hour, um, fifteen hours a day or something like that. Um, how much is that? That's um, <laughs> I should really have a calculator. <laughs> I think what go. you're trying to say is fourteen million. Sure. That, yeah. That's, you almost had it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. We almost got there. <laughs> But I love the approach to the answer there. That was most important. Being, ah. b- being in the world of product, how do you solve that problem? I like it. 
Uh, well, yeah, rough back breakdown. You can go <laughs> bottom up, top down. Um, yeah, we all had to learn about those questions <laughs> at some stage. I'm glad these days I'm not getting the master <laughs> that often anymore. But uh, thanks for okay, calling Okay, so uh, another numbers-based question. Um, the cost of building the Sydney Opera House um, had an original estimate of seven million Australian dollars. Bargain. What do you think it ended up costing? little bit of scope creep. See, I'm from oh, Hamburg. We right. had our own opera di- di- uh, disaster where I think the original quote went about 10 times over or something. Right, okay. Um, and, and the building isn't even as iconic yet as the Opera House in Sydney. Um, I think the Opera House was, in comparison, just in terms of the multiple, it was cheaper. So I think it was six or seven times uh, over or something like that. Uh, so th- I want to say, I wanna say uh, f- 50 million. That was probably more. That was back I, in the I like how you use some assumptions uh-huh. in amongst that. Um, Where did I go wrong? Slight variance, though. Uh, 102 million, so more than 10 times over. Okay, yep. Um, I'm pretty sure the, the Hamburg one, the, big, the multiple was bigger. I just got my numbers mixed up then. Yeah, maybe that was it. Anyway, that the good it. folks on, on <laughs> that will Google this now um, <laughs> be will be able to, to uh, comment and, uh, and tell us the real numbers. Well, I hope my source of this answer is also accurate as well. Yeah, there you go. So, so I'm assuming that is accurate. Yeah, indeed. Um, Ken, I spent li- living in Sydney for five years. Where's your favourite spot by the water? Favourite spot by the water is actually on the water. I'm a right, big okay. sailor. Right, so okay. I actually moved to, to Sydney for the sailing. Um, and uh, and so uh, I haven't done a I haven't done a Sydney to Hobart yet, but um, but that's right. on the bucket list. Um, and uh, I used to I think when I moved here I went sailing at least twice a week. It's uh, it's it's the, one of the most amazing uh, places, the harbour. It's beautiful and world renowned for it, and it, therefore a great place to build an opera house, regardless of the cost. Indeed, being one hundred and seven million dollars. Um, and what was your favourite meetup or conference in Sydney? Well. Um, without touting my own horn, I actually ended up um, uh, organizing my own uh, meetup, uh, the the Product Tank meetup, which uh, I knew from uh, from when I lived in London, and um, and and they have fantastic uh, bunch of meetups. Um, and so here I, I'm, I'm bringing practical talks to um, to the product management community, and I think we're about two thousand people now. Uh, in that community, um, so so that's my that's my home, if you like, but um, but I will say big hats off to to Brainmates as well for running some fantastic meetups in Sydney, um, and uh, and Elena who's doing great things with Product Mavens, and and I think what what really makes a community here that is that we're quite uh, quite tight knit. In fact, all the meetups last year. They um they hosted a, a sort of common Christmas event which um which I ended up I couldn't make it at the end so it was really annoying but um but we all collaborated and and from my perspective the more of those things we have and the more diversity we have and the types of events and the speakers we we bring in front of the community the better so um so uh, I you know I like mine but but all of them are awesome and I've I've been to all of them and um yeah the the more the better brilliant um you'll be pleased to hear that uh, one of the other guests also mentioned product tank when asked that oh, question so that's uh, that's very kind no, it's good to have that advocacy out there um thank you for for running through my pub quiz with me um so we're gonna be talking about hiring pms and avoiding mishires but first i'd love for you to introduce yourself and your sure. path who who decided to hire you along the way um, not many people <laughs> not your, many people what's been your journey into into product um and sure. I know, for me you've got a fascinating background from germany uk now australia love to hear more about it sure 
So, um, so I've been building products um, and, and thinking about building products for, uh, for over 10 years now. Um, and it, it really started with me, um, uh, with me starting a company and, and building a mobile app and, um, and, and then sort of realizing, well, the, what I built there didn't really work. Let's try something else, iterating, reading more about product management best practices and really um, sort, of, sort of getting a lot of the thinking that was going on around the time out of Silicon Valley um, into into my company, which was in the in the UK at the time, um, and um, and so then I, I um, we we pivoted. Uh, we built from you know we went from moving, um, we moved from building um, a mobile app into building enterprise software and worked with some of the large organizations there. So so quite a substantial pivot. And uh, we were in the in the sales space in the CRM and personal CRM okay. space. And so we I think we tracked about eighty competitors or so uh, at at one time. And um, and then we we folded and liquidated the company three and a half years after we started, um, and and looked at that list of competitors and it looked um, all the all the ones that were still alive, uh, which I think were uh, about ten or so. They huh. they went through basically the same pivot we did, um, right. but um, but executed better. And I think none of us had enterprise experience. So uh, so what it, what it taught me was that our thinking was was you know um, going in the right direction. But um, but I really wanted to to learn more from uh, like about enterprise software and about um, building companies and, and products in a better way. So I thought, what better way to do this than joining an organization that has very successful products and picking up some some knowledge there? So um, I was very fortunate that Atlassian decided to sponsor me and um, and and get me to build a new product uh, over there in the Jira team, Jira Core, which was sort of the first dedicated product uh, from Atlassian for the, the non-technical teams. Um, and so that was, that was sort of me moving from being an entrepreneur to um, and, and product person to an intrapreneur and, and senior PM. So, so Atlassian did decide to hire me. Um, and uh, and um, there, there are some fantastic people there and there's so much that I learned and so much that I'm grateful for, for a lot of the people that I met. Um, and then after Atlassian IPO'd, um, it was sort of time for me to, to move on. And, uh, and I ended up falling into consulting so for, for three and a half years, I worked with about uh, 50 companies and was involved now overall in, in 40 product launches um, and, um, and, and sort of helped organizations with product strategy and accelerating their growth, um, as well as accelerating internal delivery and, and helping teams and, and their processes um, to, um, uh, to make progress there. Um, and then, then started to teach product management as well as gen- at General Assembly and um, and coach product managers as well, for example, at Airtask and a lot of other organizations. And so, so many of the um, product managers, which you know, piqued my interest into this topic, many of the product managers that I coached at, I would have hired in a heartbeat. Were when I sent them to some companies here in Sydney hiring for PMs, uh, they rejected them. Uh, even just you know, not not final interview, but uh, but just based on their CV. And um, and yeah, I felt like there was a lot of organizations that, that were just. Um, you know, their their filtering mechanism uh, wasn't wasn't quite quite right. So they had a lot of false positives and a lot of false negatives. Um, okay. And uh, yeah, and so in, ultimately, I ended up um, joining Blue Chili as, as head of product and now chief product officer. And uh, and so I'm, I'm we're advising startups and and other ventures that we build with our internal team of PMs, designers, and, and engineers. Um, and and so we you know we're all about helping them grow, um, and that involves us building our own team, but also helping the um, helping the startups um, sort of 
uh, create their own product teams and and you know not not really there you know at some stage asking for hey what should I be looking for in a product manager um, and so yeah that that sort of uh, led me ultimately here and to write about this topic on product coalition and um, and to uh, for us to have a chat about this it's great to have you contributing to the product coalition publication on My medium um, it, it, it is is great um, if you if you head to productcoalition.com and um, search for Ben's name you'll find all of his articles um, on there I recommend that as a read so I believe you, you see some some common mistakes that companies make when when hiring PMs. Could you talk about that? Maybe, I suppose, from the start of the process when they're thinking about hiring PMs mm. through to the, the transaction of hiring a product manager. What, what are you seeing in terms of mistakes along the way? Yeah, sure. So I think the biggest one is really that um, a lot of organizations seem to think of product management as sort of a, a standardized role um, as sort of a, you know, a, a .NET developer or a UI designer. And even even there, you know, there's there's a big spectrum of those engineers. Um, but for product management, what I see is just very standardized job specs. So it feels to me like a lot of organizations look at, oh, someone else is hiring a product manager. Well, let's check out the job specs. What are they looking for? You have conversations around it. Um, and, and there's usually three requirements which I see in, in almost every job specification for product managers, which I think are all, that's what I've written about, um, which are all um, uh, superficial and, and have actually no correlation with the success of a product manager at the end of the day. Um, the first one being that, um, that people want someone with product management experience. It's almost impossible to find um, even junior PM uh, roles uh, without the requirement of at least two, three years product management experience. Um, and, and product managers, of course, they don't grow on trees. Um, they are, and, and nobody's born to be a product manager. Um, there's just people who just happen to have the right thinking. And so, um, I, for example, at Blue Chili, most of the people in our product management team have never been product managers before. But at the same time, they actually need to be uh, product advisors, because if you know if a startup comes to us and we do the product management for them, and then they they move on, and we want our startups to be independent, they um, they will you know they don't know how to do the product management stuff. So we actually need to teach them, right? So in many ways, we need people who are sort of at the senior product management level, but we don't need uh, them to have um, all. And, you know, knowledge and, and expertise uh, and experience in all areas of product management. There's very specific areas that um, that we need them to have experience, and they build that up in all sorts of other areas. One of um, one of our best PMs, he ran a bar before uh, he joined right. us as as product manager, um, and he's doing an incredible job. He also ran a growth agency, so there's a little bit of a background there. But um, but I think the the key is just having the title product management has no correlation with your success as as PM. The, the other two that I often see is technical uh, experience, so coming from a technical background. Um, and sure, in some cases that helps, but I feel like you know, reading this, people have this requirement because, oh, the product managers need to talk to the engineers and you know, they, they, uh, we want to make sure that the engineers don't bullshit the, the PMs. And I think that's fundamentally wrong thinking. I find engineers often some of the, you know, the people with the most integrity in, in an organization. And... Um, and PMs also need to interface with sales and marketing and all sorts of other areas. And we don't expect them to, to have experience and, and all mm. of that. So I think that is, that is a little bit flawed. Uh, and, and the last thing 
um, that uh, that I always have to smirk about is industry experience, right? If I'm an organization building something in the insurance space, insurance tech, right? Then um, then I want someone to have experience in the insurance space, and and that's just problematic because you know what what do you want to do with a with product manager is build a better product so you can grow faster and growth comes from comes from differentiation and differentiation differentiation comes from thinking differently so when it comes to innovation it's almost a you're sort of disincentivized to hire someone who comes from the space and thinks like everyone else in the space right and a, and a good product manager with the right tools will be able to to think themselves into into any area which we do it at Blue Chili all the time, right? We we run an accelerator in yeah. the health tech space and in the um, um, and in the um, uh, let's say in logistics and sustainability, and then in the property space, and um, and then in the education space. And we can't change our PM team for every accelerator, right? So, yep. but with a consistent set of good practices, they're able to yeah think themselves into a new business model, new problem spaces, everything consistently. And and I think that's really important as a product manager that you've got that that skill set. So industry experience in in my mind is is one of those areas that I would not even think about. Okay. So um what I'm hearing here is that, that there's check your weighting as well. Are you weighting too much on experience or mm. industry? Um uh you mentioned skill set, but I'm also hearing there being broad in terms of mindset and having common principles as as to how you want your product managers to behave. Um, is something more higher to be focusing on rather than someone who, who matches your exact industry experience yep. and subject matter expertise that you're looking for. Yeah, um, the, 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 we, 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 Just before we hit and record on this, we spoke about the dimensions of product yeah, management. Right. Um, it's, it's a broad topic. Um, Adrian, who was on the previous recording um, of the podcast, talked about the fog of product management because, again, it's there's no clear lines between roles mm. like UI or UX, even that has a as a blend I appreciate, but developer, UI, etc. Um, do you see organisations wait, waiting or worrying too much around a particular dimension when it comes to product management or um, that they're not seeing all of the dimensions and mm. respecting them all evenly? I think the challenge is really around realizing where you sit on on each spectrum um, of of those dimensions, um, and and there's two organizations that I like to use as an as an example, which are almost the the polar opposites of each other when it comes to product management, um, and and here in Sydney that's Alassian and, and Freelancer, and you'll see very little movement of product managers from one to the other. Um, uh, a couple a couple of very very special people uh, manage that, but um, but I think the the way in which a product manager has to work and the way in which they succeed is very different in those organizations. Alassian, for example, is is very, very customer-focused and um, and basically all the designers and even engineers and, and especially product managers will always think about what's what's best for the customers and, and what they want. Whereas freelancer has a bias towards thinking a little bit more about revenue. And in fact, um, the, the product managers tend to have um, a, a revenue metric um, as their target. Right. Um, whereas revenue at Alassian is still important, but um, but it doesn't get talked about nearly as much as the customer um, because the philosophy is if you make the customers happy, then the revenue will, will follow. And in fact, in many in many ways, my team and other teams have made decisions that were in favor of the customer and, and sort of for, 
or um, you know that that sacrificed a little bit of revenue, um, but um, but we all and and we thought customers would feel much better about uh, making the decision that way. The the other um, dimensions are sort of you know how collaborative you have to be as a product manager. Um, do you want someone who is you know really working with the team and taking everyone's opinion into perspective um, and <coughs> excuse me. Um, and, and sort of, you know, influences the rest of the organization? Or do you have someone who is, you know, the almost literal CEO of the product um, and, you know, has maybe the designers and the engineers reporting to them? Um, and so, again, Atlassian and, and freelancer think quite different in that area. Um, and then I think it's, um, it's other things, like how mature your organization is in terms of its data infrastructure um, and in terms of its... Um, it's it's product management philosophy and even what um, what skills and expertise a product manager has around them. Do they have a data scientist? Do they have a UX designer or are they expected to do that themselves? And then of course you've got the different stages of the product. The um, you know the, the vision side and the you know the new products zero to one versus just what I call growth product management of you know taking something iteratively with you know small experiments um, to you know like with to to uh, higher conversion rates and, and and just focusing on that as opposed to implementing completely new new value that your product adds. So it's been interesting you talking through there how some of the almost the business models of of those two businesses as examples shape the the context for what they're looking to hire for mm. um, and what their core metrics of success are. Um, do, do you believe that um, similarly it takes a different type of product manager to work in uh, a VC startup based business? Uh, being and by that I mean a completely different type of product manager to one that works for a public huge organization. Yeah, I think so. Um, I think the um, the key difference there is sort of the 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 size of your the, the length of your feedback loop right in a in a startup um, you might roll a new feature out or you know make a release every day whereas in a in a you know if you work for the government or for a large corporate those release cycles tend to be slower because with each re- release there's more customers affected and there's more risk involved right so so you're um, and and I think that requires two things the the slower progress it requires a more stakeholder management because tends to be more people involved, um, but also B, it requires patience. Um, and I think you know, depending on your personal comfort level, I know I'm someone who uh, who struggles with patience from time to time. Um, we, your personal comfort level might you know skew you more like as a as a better fit towards one or the other. Okay, I, I imagine similarly if you're working in a highly regulated or governed environment, um, it takes a different type of person as well. Um, yeah, to absolutely. One I guess to just focus on growth, for instance. Yeah, case. and I think your, your desire for complexity, right? Are you someone who likes understanding all the intricacies of what's possible and what isn't and, and playing by the rules? Or are you someone who really wants to disrupt and, and doesn't have any regard for the existing rules, right? Um, if, you, um, if, you, if you love working in, in government, then you probably like rules and, and compliance and all the stuff. Whereas if you, if you want to work for Uber or Airbnb, right, companies that really try to push the boundaries um, of, of the regulations a little bit um, and were sort of you know, pretty early in the space and, and required a little bit of mm-hmm. uh, you know, regulational I- adjustment, um, you might not be as comfortable with some of the decisions that get made, even if they 
you know, um, and, and I'm not going to comment on that, um, whether they have, you know, whether you think they're going to have a positive or a negative impact on, on people. What, what are some, do you believe there's some key traits you, you, that you look for in, in product managers, regardless of, of the different types of businesses um, you're looking to put them into? Yeah, I think the the key traits of, and, and this is, you know, my style of product management um, and what I would look for if I would build a team um, is is really um, that someone is a, is a good um, communicator, right? Because they need to communicate with customers and with stakeholders um, and, and communication is also sort of a, a key area of leadership, right? Um, and especially the more senior the product people become, they have to become um, they have to become better, even better communicators and leaders. Um, but um, but also, I'm looking for for a certain amount of empathy, right? Because you're you're working with a customer and you you need to have this desire to make life better for them. So you know, some empathy helps with that. Um, but you also need to have empathy for your team, especially the engineering team, and and just the needs generally of of people that you work with. Um, so you're a little bit realistic and, and take their needs in the whole delivery into consideration and, and their, their state of mind as well so you know how to, how to work with them. And then the, the last thing is, um, is really uh, analytical skills and analytical thinking in general um, that, so that you can take some emotion and also your, your personal opinions out of a process um, and, and look at not, not necessarily data but look at facts um, right when you're running customer interviews and and you know identifying the patterns in there um, but beyond that I think the um, what I look for in product managers always really depends on not just the organization and the gap that I have to fill but also what I've already got around myself uh, around myself in in the team right so so this is where I sort of started building a little bit of a framework um, to look at you know where are the gaps in my team what am I really missing where the blind spots of the team and what do I need filled right and so instead of hiring sort of a consistent archetype of product manager and hiring that type of person over and over and over again I look for much more diversity in the team so that I know that the team as a whole is prepared for all sorts of circumstances and challenges you know if we need to if we need to sort out technical debt then I know there's someone who is a little bit more technical and who can probably you know talk uh, talk through those issues with the engineering team in a different way than someone who might have a design background, right? Um, if I know there's someone focused on growth and likes, you know, really uh, the the very fast feedback loop and getting things out as fast as possible, and we have a very long strategic process, and I won't necessarily put that person on it unless I really have to, right? So everyone's everyone's suited to slightly different uh, challenges and and projects, um, and I think it's you know because you'll have a, a range uh, of of challenges in your um, in in your product and in or your portfolio. Um, I think it's important to have a, a portfolio of product managers um, and uh, as well that are sort of suited to to all of those things um, and that can that can learn from each other um, instead of just having a, a very consistent type. Well, I'd say could be an easy mistake for product leaders to make. Um, with, with that in mind, is um, you've got a great product person, they leave the organisation after a couple of years and you put the same job description out to the market that you put out two years ago and you're not reflecting your current needs within the team. Um, I can imagine that's it's easy to do, um, mm. but you're not going to get the great outcomes of really tuning that 
that position for what you're looking for now. Yeah, correct. I, th- I think it's very important to reflect on why, you know, maybe the star performer in your team or someone who, you know, you're, you're sorely missing in your team, why they succeeded in that role, how the circumstances of the, of, you know, the, the product and the role in the organization at the time and that person's uh, not just skills, but general experience, um, way of thinking and, and personality um, how that was all very much aligned, right? Um, and, um, and and then reflecting on is this still is this still the case? You know what we had two years ago. Has our product moved? Has our organization evolved? Um, and and will really benefit from just you know hiring a one for one replacement. Um, and and so for us, for example, recently we had uh, with a great product manager who um, who was um, destined basically destined for a role somewhere else um, and uh, and I you know I, I knew this very early on and, and we had a very transparent um, conversation around this um, and um, and you know it was it was a really big opportunity for him um, and and where we were at the time there were a bunch of things that we uh, sort of you know lost and, and wanted to replace but there was also things where you thought actually for the challenges ahead it'd be awesome to have some something slightly different there and uh, and we ended up finding the perfect fit nice nice sometimes these things work out can I ask do, do you hire differently for product managers that that you would hire as consultants that go into businesses versus product managers that are embedded in a business as an employee do you look for differences um I think um I haven't hired for a consultant as such. I mean, right. actually, we, we sort of, you know, think of the product managers as, as more product advisors, but they, they're always, you know, with Blue Chili and, uh, and, and you know, they, they work with the founders that we work with, um, but they, 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 I don't see them as, you know, going into the client and, and right. being, you know, client site, if you like. Okay. Um, so, um, yeah. So in, in that regard, I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but when I, when I look at myself and how I've done consulting um, over, over time um, with, with the different organizations that I work with, yes, there's probably some things that made me a better fit than, uh, than some other PMs and, and some other PMs might not succeed in that. That being said, um, it's um, it's all learnable, right? Um, I was definitely, definitely not born a product manager, and there are some other people who were, you know, way ahead of me um, at the time when we both started out in product management. And and at the end of the day, there's just different paths than y- that you can take, and different paths that that people decide to, um, you know, to go down. And uh, and sometimes it works out better, and sometimes you know you you iterate at the end of the day. Nature and nurture. Um. Definitely. Okay. Um, can, can I ask, what's, what does your interview process and format look like? What feels like a, a good interview uh, experience for you when hiring someone? What do you put people through? Yeah, so um, so the title of my blog post is actually Moneyball for Hiring Product Managers. Right. Sort of in, in analogy to the book over there. And so I, I sort of walk through um, the... Um, sort of the, the, the bias I want to take out of it um, and how I, how I then filter. Uh, and I think, I think of, of the whole recruiting process as something that's meant to minimize the false positives and the false negatives in your process, right, to, to ultimately arrive at a, at a good product management hire. And, um, and so the, the first thing is really, you know, again, thinking about where the blind spots and, and the gaps in your team and your organization where you're at and, and sort of defining the the top three strengths that you want to hire someone for, as opposed to making this uh, um, yeah. a box-checking exercise, right? So um, so I want, I want new strengths in my team. 
what do I look for? And then I define the, the interview script from there. Um, and, and then, you know, also when I scan CVs, I sort of look for that. So, for example, for us in, in Blue Chili, right, where a product manager has to work with, with multiple like in, in multiple industries, you know, like every year um, in, in various different business models, I, for example, look for someone who has been not just in one organization doing one thing um, for a long time, but someone who has jumped around a little bit and, you know, ran a bar and a growth agency and has done lots of other things in the past, right? Or has worked in in uh, in uh, telecommunications and has worked in media and has worked in... Um, you know, has maybe run their own agency and, and that sort of stuff. So, um, or, you know, especially founders, they al- always make great product managers, almost always, um, uh, just because they, you know, they, they think outside the box and they tend to explore lots of ideas and tend to be pretty analytical. If they can keep their own emotions out of it, I would say. Um, and <laughs> of course, I'm biased there because I'm a founder myself. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, so... I think I think that's sort of the initial step, and then the the interview is just about um, you know making sure they've got some of the key traits that I'm looking for, um, and so the I think the most famous uh, product management interview question is what's your favorite product and why and how would you improve that, um, and I still like asking that one because it sort of um, tells you very quickly within even the first minute if someone is starting to think about the problem first and how a solution makes something better faster or cheaper or whether they you know are attached to certain features or maybe the way it it looks um and and it's sort of a little bit superficial in their um, you know analytical process there so yeah so that's a that's a typical uh, question that i ask but but after that it's really about um can they glue with the team and do they have something unique um that they bring to the table there so we try to make our uh, product managers meet different people in the team um, and, and, and see how those interactions go and if they can, if they can instantly glue as long as we think they've got you know, generally the, the skills to be a good product manager. And, um, and so far, um, fingers crossed, touch wood, uh, all of the PM hires have worked out uh, really, really, really well. Um, and, um, but, but look, ultimately every organization has to look for something slightly different and so therefore every interview process, even for you know, uh, for for different PM roles at the same company, probably have to look slightly different. Um, yeah, I love the inclusiveness that you mentioned there around um, putting the product manager in front of other members of the team. You know, I think that says a lot for a product manager to win that opportunity to understand this is about relationship, not with your hiring manager, but with everyone in the organisation. It sets that tone really early on in the interview process. Yeah, and I think that's I think that's critical. At the end of the day. Um, I when I talk to people about interviews, especially in the product management team, I always say you, you want to interview the organization as hard as they're interviewing you, um, and you want to make sure it's the right fit for y- for you as a person and for you know the stage of career uh, of your career where you're at. Um, and so so giving them that opportunity to see not just yes not just a hiring manager and maybe a, a recruiter, but but going beyond that um, is is really important. And and that's why I think a lot of the sort of take-home assignments that I see in the product space. Um, mm. For me, they they sort of, um, uh, they, yeah, I, I don't use them. I don't like them. Um, <laughs> and, um, and I Why think the, the, the problem there is 
is two things. Um, it it doesn't really do anything for my filter um, in okay. the in the you know in the in terms of filtering out the uh, or, or minimizing the false positives and false negatives, right? Because if people take something away, they can spend as much time on it as as possible. Even if you tell them, oh, don't spend more than two hours on it, right? People can take twenty hours. They can get external help and. Um, and and this is not necessarily help that's going to be available to them um, during the during the job, right? Um, at the same time, they're sort of working on it in isolation. They're not working on it with my team, and um, and you know I, I want people to to be very collaborative and to take you know the the engineers and the designers and, and all those opinions into into consideration. Um, and and again, this is you know a bias towards. The style of product the management style, that yes. I would uh, I would advocate, but if someone if I give some someone you know some data and I, then I expect them to draw some conclusions from that without any input from anyone else, um, that sort of sets the tone of what it's mm. like for them to work inside my organization. It, when actually, at least for me, that's not the case, right? So so that's why I prefer for them to do problem solving and having actually proper conversations with people in the team as opposed to working on anything in isolation. That's great. Thank you for that rationalisation. I know sometimes these can be really personal choices from product leaders on how they go about hiring product people um, uh, for different levels. Um, can I ask lastly, is, is there anything different that you do when looking for a product leader as opposed to a product manager mm. uh, that, that's really specific, that just suits product leadership roles? Um, yeah, so I think I think leadership itself is um, um, is is a, is a big skill, right? And a, and a really broad area. So with with product leaders, I think you need to make sure that they have enough knowledge of the craft to still be respected by the team. But I wouldn't expect them to be the best product manager in my team, right? Because ultimately they're there to to guide and facilitate and to nurture and not to do a whole bunch themselves. But they still need to be capable of of stepping in, right? So, um, so I think for me as a leader, um, it's really important that I've got a, a team of leaders under me um, that um, that complement my own skills, and they've got my back on this. So, you know, if I'm, for example, a, a visionary, thinking, you know, usually very high level and strategic, um, I, I want to surround myself with people who are great at execution, right? And who've got my back on the details, for example. Um, but also, I think. Um, you need to make sure um, and, and have a very honest conversation uh, with people about whether your values are aligned, right? Um, ultimately, if I'm trying to lead an organization and there's a leader who completely disagrees with me on, you know, not on a not on a solution, not even on a problem, but sort of on a values basis, then that's going to lead to constant friction and to a lot of frustration and then potentially working against me. So I think those are the most important things. Um, other than that, if they are... Uh, if they are a capable product manager, um, they can make a, a great leader. And and personally important to me um, is is that they are uh, someone who is actually willing to develop a team um, and to to nurture people, which is which is ultimately a big value of mine. Um, and and something where you know I had um, I had my heart broken uh, with uh, with managers in the past. Um, yep. And it's a, it's a totally fair decision if someone says that's just not what I want to do. Um, but it's it's something that is is a big part of my value system. So I, I want to see that in my leaders as well that they um, that they want to develop people and nurture them. And the product management being space being so big, right? Um, and and especially senior product managers, they want 
a way to grow and to keep growing. I think it's really important that you you know you've got some broad knowledge and they're able to to contribute something there or at least point people into the right direction. Brilliant. Thank you very much. Thank you for sharing so much of your personal style in this interview as well. Um, I really appreciate you sharing exactly what you're looking for, how you're thinking about hiring. Um, it's been great to get something that's really personal to you um, yeah. shared and out there. I think the, the products, product management works very different in every organization, right? So ultimately, every leader has their own style and their own um, their own way of thinking about product management. And I think we, we just need to get that awareness that our style is ultimately just our style. And, um, and, and then see if, you know, what people are a fit for us and, and what organizations we want to work in. Brilliant. Thanks very much, Ben. Thank you, Jay. You enjoyed this? Yeah, real pleasure. Let's do it it's again sometime. It's been good fun. We've blown through the time, which is um, great. Um, thank you to everyone uh, who's listened and joined us in this session. Uh, thank you to yourself, Ben, for, for sharing so much. Please check out Ben's writing on Product Coalition as well. And thank you for, commu- for contributing that to the community. Um, it means a lot. Product Coalition is nothing without the people who write. So um, thank you to everyone for listening and I look forward to sharing another guest um, next week, um, which should be good. I'm in Sydney for four more um, recordings. Ben, you're number five, I believe. So I'm looking forward to sharing another four out with you all. Uh, That's all for now. Thanks very much. Cheers. Thank you.